Hi, everybody. Today we welcome Alex. Alex plans to buy a home with his longtime girlfriend, but in the meantime, they're living with his mother. Alex senses some tension and pressure points between them, but he's on a mission to make the experience as pleasant as possible for these two very important women in his life. Let's get into it. My name is Alex Castro. I am a first-generation Central American um, from Miami, Florida. And in my family, we call my parents Ma and Pa. I moved around after college. I went to the Midwest for law school. After law school, I moved out west to San Francisco. I lived there for about three years as well. In those three years, I also lived with my girlfriend, who moved out there with me in San Francisco. And as of recently, uh, we both moved back to South Florida. It's been two months now. We've been living at home with my mother. The plan was originally to stand, stay with family for a little bit. It would allow us to save some money, uh, not rush into signing somewhere, take that next step in our relationship of purchasing property and owning something that's ours. We knew going in that it was either going to be her family or mine, um, and it just luck happened to be mine. I was very hesitant and very worried before making that move, uh, just because I haven't lived home for about 10 years. And so adding on that extra layer of moving in with my girlfriend uh, also kind of made things a little bit more complex. The living dynamic is very different. My mother has her ways of doing things, and I think any family does, uh, whether it's something as small as what type of food she's going to cook to the way that she maintains her house. My girlfriend and I are used to a different lifestyle. You know, we don't like to wear shoes in the house because we like to keep a clean floor or we like to eat out every once in a while and not have to worry about food type of thing. My girlfriend's also used to a very different uh, household growing up in her family. Even as an adult, she's used to her parents cooking every single meal for her, uh, to doing her laundry, to not having to lift a finger in the house because she's, she's the youngest that they always take care of. Whereas for, for my mother, it's as long as you can stand and your arms are working and your, your feet are working, then you're an adult and you can cook your own meals and do your own laundry. And, you know, don't get me wrong. She's happy to help out, but the expectation isn't there that she will be doing everything. Having two women that I care for very deeply and living in the same house that have very different backgrounds and, and ideas of, of their lifestyle. I've definitely played the mediator. There are differences that I have to explain. And so I've definitely had to sit with my mother from the very beginning and explain that there are some sort of different ways we would like to operate and in quotations, set boundaries, healthy boundaries that we would respect of hers and that she would respect of ours so that we can co-live and coexist. Vice versa with my girlfriend, I've had to communicate to her that this isn't 
the household where her father is going to cook for her every meal and that we have to kind of hold up our own as much as we can while we can and that this is temporary. My girlfriend hasn't really experienced the history that my mother has gone through. And so it's kind of difficult to understand why she operates the way she does. She became a single parent raising two kids. That really took a toll on her. And after many years of family therapy, she's definitely grown as a person. And she still has a little bit of that resistance in letting other people in as easily as she would want to. Vice versa, my mother doesn't really understand the history of my girlfriend's past. Any childhood trauma that she's gone through, it's been something that we have to kind of tippy-toe around because I can't be the one to share that story. It's not mine to share. So I have to kind of, again, play that mediator of, well, you need to understand where she's coming from and you need to understand where she's coming from. <laughs> the relationship between my mother and my girlfriend is existent, but not strong. They mutually respect each other. They both realize and respect the fact that they are both important to me. And so they both definitely make the effort to get to know each other, to understand each other. But it may be uncomfortable for them to have to establish that relationship and foster it into something more than what it is now. My mother is of the very traditional sense. It should be a submissive woman who listens and obeys. Whereas my girlfriend is a very, very, very modern and progressive woman, which I admire and I respect of her, which is why we're together. And so balancing those two very different dynamics, it's, I've learned a lot. And I do think that I will need to play more of a role in fostering and caring for that relationship. Juleka here. I'm so excited to tell you about LWC Studios' new show, How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. We'll hear from Black and brown professionals who have reached levels of excellence that sometimes come with great personal and professional challenges. People who are looking for ways to keep leveling up. In 15-minute bi-weekly episodes, host Stevan Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and coach, offers feedback and strategies on a range of topics, like the pressures of being an entrepreneur, the struggle to stay motivated, and the cost of fitting in. With empathy, candor, and a penchant for spot-on analogies, Stevan helps all of us high achievers navigate obstacles and figure out how to define success in our own terms. Here's the trailer for how to talk to high achievers about anything. The first episode drops April 4th. What's up, everybody? I'm Stevan Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist. I specialize in working with individuals who reach levels of excellence that often come with great personal and professional challenges. I'm hosting a new show from LWC Studios called How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. We'll hear stories from individuals striving to do big things. Who do I think I am to think that I could, also being a woman, also being Black, get in this industry and be in this industry and be able to support myself in this industry. People who are facing roadblocks. You know, when you keep getting the door closed, it's like, what is it about me? And who, just like you and I, are facing challenges from others and from within ourselves. I'm a high achiever. Things are supposed to come easy for me. And if this is hard, then maybe it's not my lane. I'll offer feedback and strategies so that together 
we can all figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything from LWC Studios. And connect with us on Twitter at Talk to Achievers. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Ott Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from Black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. Hi, everybody. Juleka here. I'm the host and creator of How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything. And I want to invite you to be on our show. If you're an adult and a child of immigrants from anywhere in the world, I'd love to talk to you about those conversations that are hard but necessary. Things about politics, dating, career, parenting. Seriously, no topic is off limits. Send us an email at hello at talktomommypapi.com and let's get you on the show. That's hello at talktomommypapi.com. See you soon. Not going to lie. I was stressed (laughs) hearing Alex talk about his own life. But I was also impressed by his self-awareness and touched by his concern for his mom and his girlfriend. How can first gens help a partner and a parent get along, especially under one roof? To help us out, I called in an expert. My name is Omar Torres. I use he, him pronouns, and I am a uh, licensed clinical social worker or psychotherapist uh, here in New York City. And I am half Dominican and half Puerto Rican. What, what, my people? (laughs) I have to. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. So tell me, as you listen to Alex's story, what did you hear? Oh, gosh. I heard I heard a lot. Essentially, what I heard was someone that felt stuck in the middle. Someone feels caught in the middle between two people that he cares about very, very much. And he's doing his best to try and make sure everyone's happy. And it sounds like in an attempt to make sure that everyone is happy, no one is happy. And everyone is basically struggling with the choices that they made, probably because they are thinking, well, the other person is the problem. I think part of what I heard was that there were no expectations set at the beginning when this arrangement was made. Talk to me a little bit about expectation setting when there's a cultural and a generational gap, which is very apparent here. Music to my ears, expectation setting. It's a collaborative process, right? That's really, really important to highlight. So someone's like a brainstorming session where everyone gets to talk about like, here's what you can expect from me. And here's where there's wiggle room. Here's where I'm, you know, willing to kind of bend a little bit. Okay, so compound question for you. 
one, you have the advantage of professional training and vast experience. So that's a high bar that you've set for us. How do mere mortals achieve this? And then two, from what you just said, I gathered that there should be a scale from top priority to sort of mid-range priority to lower priority when we're setting up these expectations. Can you talk to me about both of those? Yeah, absolutely. So for mere for mere mortals, right? Um, you know, I would recommend starting just with like, here's my hope. Here, here's here's how I hope things go, and to also make sure that, it, especially in this situation, that you express awareness and gratitude, right? Like. Mom, I just want you to know, like, we really appreciate what you're doing here. It is not lost on us how, um, you know, meaningful this is and how stressful this might be for you. And so here, here are some things that, like, I need you to know about us. Like, you know, I don't know. We're not going to be home every night, right? There are going to be some nights where we're out doing our own thing. And that doesn't mean that we're disrespecting you or that we want to get away from you. This is just sort of like how we like to spend time together, right? And, and we need a certain amount of privacy and then bookend it, right? With, and, right, just to double back, just to remind you, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate what you're doing. The scale that you talked about, that develops as the conversation moves along, right? But be willing, right, to... um talk a little bit about where there's wiggle room, to talk a little bit about uh, where you're willing to kind of bend or acquiesce a little bit for the sake of the greater good, right? And so that is one thing that I would have, that, that I would encourage Alex to maybe explain a little bit more, which is, so what is the goal here as far as the relationships go? Is it that we're all best friends? And every Friday night, we have game night, and we're like drinking and laughing? Or is it to just be civil? Because that's okay, too. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to hang out every Saturday night. It could be simply something that is respectful and civil, and that's okay. So girlfriend and mom don't have to talk every single day, and they don't have to form the like strongest bond ever, which might ideally, I get why that's a lovely thought, right? Yeah, but, I was going to say, I'm going to push back on that because okay. I'm probably an old school Dominican in that sense. <laughs> but like this idea that I'm going to be living in an older woman's house, potentially my future mother-in-law and by default, my current mother-in-law and not see her, not acknowledge her and not make myself useful really shaves against everything that I was taught. <laughs> so For sure. I think that there's a real discrepancy here between how we express, oh, this is how we do us versus the, I think, necessary compromises to acknowledge the tremendous generosity and the tremendous sacrifice that is being made for our benefit. I feel, and I'm probably going to get angry emails about this, but I feel like in this case, the girlfriend has to give a little more to even begin to balance out how much she is receiving. 
first of all, I just want to make sure I let everyone know not to send angry emails because that is a very reasonable approach, right? It's a, it's a perfectly reasonable approach. It's saying, listen, I can see the sac, the tremendous sacrifice you're making. So I'm going to give, I'm going to show up a little bit harder, a little bit more than I usually would as a way of showing how appreciative I am, which is fair. And I certainly wouldn't want the girlfriend walking around pretending like mom doesn't even exist. But um, but again, as far as the relationship itself goes, because I remember Alex mentioning something like, um, I believe he was sort of encouraging them to kind of like talk to each other and have conversations and get to know each other. Of course. Um, but there are limitations to that, right? Like how, how strong of a relationship is reasonable. And also mom might not want to be all that close. <laughs> you know, mom might be like, I just need you to like clean up after yourself. I don't need to know like what you had for breakfast every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to make sure that you are contributing, you know, showing up and being helpful and not making this harder for me. Um, I jokingly said to Alex when we talked, I was like, bro, this is hard. You're trapped between two women who love you intensely. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I tell you, my first reaction when I listened to his story was this. Ooh. <laughs> it, was like, it was literally that. Oh, I am not envious of his position. I commended him. I really did. I was like, I think you are being so graceful and you have yeah. such a plum about the entire situation. Yeah. But let me ask you this. And I'm asking it because we are grownups and we can acknowledge that men do have preferential treatment, preferential status, and a certain level of privilege in oh, yeah. Latino households. So do you think he can, should utilize a little bit of that leverage in this case? And how, and if not, why not? That is, oh gosh. My, the short answer is, is yes. I think when you have privilege, it is incumbent upon you to sort of like, I'm using air quotes, like use your powers for good, so to speak, <laughs> yes. right? So I would be curious to know, like... um if the expectations around, for example, this is just a hypothetical. If the expectations around, let's say, household chores seem to be falling more so on the girlfriend, I'd be like, Alex, you like need to step up more. Like you need to help. You know, if this isn't your girlfriend's default because she grew up in a household where a lot of her needs were taken care of by her caregivers, then you need to sort of like team up with her again for the greater good. And so I think that is one way that he could sort of like use his privilege is by making sure that chores that are often gendered aren't gendered and that he steps in and says, you know what, babe, like I'll wash the dishes. Don't worry about it. I'll mop the floor. Don't worry. Like I'll do the laundry. Don't worry about it. That's like one instance or one sort of example in my mind that I think of where Alex, as the man, can use his like powers for good, use his privilege. Wow, we actually found a good use for those. Yeah, you heard it <laughs> here once. first, ladies and gentlemen. 
You heard it here first. This might be the chip that cracks the Latino patriarchy. Well, just one podcast episode at a time, chipping away at it, chipping exactly. away at it. Let's wrap up um, by talking very concretely about some communication strategies and interpersonal strategies that you think could really help or just make this whole situation a little bit smoother for everybody. For sure. So first and foremost, I would, you know, encourage Alex to lower the stakes, right? The thing, sometimes we rile ourselves up way more than we need to, and we up the ante when we really don't need to up the ante. So lower the stakes and make sure that your approach isn't, um, you know, super aggressive or angry or even like super anxious, Next, I would ask yourself before any conversation that you have, before any attempt at mediating, I would ask yourself, what is your part in this? What is your part in the creation of this dynamic? Because this dynamic would not exist without you. And it can be helpful to reflect on, well, here's how I'm contributing to some of the tension that exists. And what a great way to help the other person feel heard and understood by saying, you know what, mom? I can understand that this was really upsetting because I did or didn't do X, Y, and Z. And that's on me. What a great way of sort of opening up the conversation to everyone exercising agency over their own behaviors and over their own decision making. Um, and lastly, don't, you know, and this is really, it's easier said than done. And it's easy for me over here to say this, but do as little personalizing as possible, right? So if someone says, you know, you never wash the dishes, we hear you are the worst person on earth. You're <laughs> useless. I hate you. That is not what they're saying. But then we respond as if that is what they're saying. So make sure that if you hear feedback, that you are hearing the feedback as it is, right? It's about being helpful. It's about being generous. It's about being appreciative. No one here is out to get anyone, right? Like we're all on the same side, essentially. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Loved everything about this conversation. Please, please come back. Oh, please. Yeah, have me back anytime. This was lovely. Thank you so much. Okay. Here's what we learned from Omar today. Brainstorm. Setting expectations is a collaborative and creative process. Share your hopes, encourage ideas, and be willing to bend and do things differently. Leverage your privilege. Looking at you, men. Use your position of power to be a team player and problem solve for the greater good. And remember... Acknowledge your role. Get clear on how you're contributing to the dynamics. Being accountable for your part encourages others to do the same and helps everyone feel seen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Julie Calantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. 
Bye, everybody. Same place next week.